Hi, and welcome to the second episode of a special series of podcasts, which will take you through the process of an IB school authorization. We have a nearby district about to add multiple IB programs to their high school. Rockford High School, located about 40 miles west of Minneapolis, is a medium-sized rural school adding the MYP, DP, and the CP, that's the career-related program, all at once to their 9 through 12 building. Over a series of podcasts taking about two years, we will talk to Rockford stakeholders about the decisions leading to this implementation, the process, and the requirements they must meet to become part of the IB World School community. In this episode, IB coordinator Matt Scheidler talks about the local and global IB support community he has found, which includes IB consultants and other IB experts helping Rockford meet the various requirements or milestones along the way. Links to the requirements, the timeline, and the costs involved are all found in the program notes for this podcast and other episodes in this series. Welcome to IB Matters, a podcast for those who currently teach, lead, attend, or are interested in international baccalaureate IB schools. Hi, this is John Peterson with IB Matters, and I'm here again with Matt Scheidler, and we are in episode two of a long-term project in which we follow Matt and his school at Rockford High School as they become an IB school. For those of you listening, uh, this is a process that normally takes two to three years, and Matt has agreed to share this journey with us, and he's a good risk taker, and we are just going to take it from here. So hello again, Matt. Hello, John. Great to talk to you. We're recently together at the IB Americas, uh, or sorry, the Global Conference uh, in New Orleans and last month, and I uh, wanted to just start out talking a little bit about your impressions of that conference, and since it was your first time at one of these, what uh, what did you take away? Well, John, I, I just have to say it was an unbelievable, positive experience. Um, the collaboration, the uh, just the, the collegial atmosphere. Uh, I was speaking with teachers from Kentucky, from Costa Rica, uh, from West Africa, I mean, people from all over the world. And the, the level of, uh, like I said, collaboration and, and sharing materials, sharing their story and what was very helpful for us, because we're on the front end here, everything is new to us, uh, to hear what went really well in their implementation uh, experience. And what they, you know, what they would do differently if they had the chance. So, really, really positive. Yeah, even though it is the Global uh, Americas Conference, um, the IB Americas Conference, um, it does include people from all over the world. I'm glad you got to meet a few of those. Um, what were some of the kind of meaningful sessions that you went to? Were there a couple uh, memorable ones that uh, that you are for sure going to be bringing some things back from? Yes, the uh, actually one of the sessions was taught by our or was presented by our DP and our CP consultant, uh, Rachel Moyer, that was E2 and beyond. So excellence and equity as they as they have been approaching that those concepts in their school. And uh, it was just great to hear year by year the steps that they've taken and and how they are creating equitable opportunities for all of their students. Um, We know that uh, sometimes in these advanced classes, they might be available to a small sliver of students. Um, we at Rockford High School, we're really trying to emulate some of the things that um, our partner schools, for example, Fridley High School uh, has IB for all for several subjects. We're looking to do the same thing. So it was great to hear 
the messages and the experiences uh, from schools that are doing something similar. Yeah, I think it's important to establish an equity mindset from the beginning. It's it's more difficult, I think, when people have established a program that has been for the select few or has some kind of entrance requirements. And when you can start from the ground up building an equitable uh, approach and, and access for all of your students, I think you'll have a, you know, it's, it's best for the students for sure, but it's also something that... Um, you know, you can be proud of and share with others and you'll have just more people, more students that are, you know, going to opt into your program. Well, that's, we, we want to have the most opportunities and really access to opportunity. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that's very powerful. We are starting, uh, like I said, from scratch, we don't have uh, a PYP or an MYP at our lo- uh, low, younger schools, younger grades. So, the students that are entering our high school, we want to prepare them, uh, take them where they're at, and, and help them every step of the way to achieve uh, even more beyond what they think they can achieve. All right. So, and you uh, mentioned it, you know, just as a, an aside almost, but this person that was presenting this session you're, you're talking about was, happened to be your consultant, and AIB provides consultants for each, um, you know, school that becomes, or is working to become an IB school. Uh, you not only met that consultant, but you also met your MYP consultant, Nane. Is that correct? Yes, Nane is. I mean, this was just such a great, great bonus uh, to meet Nane to have. Uh, I mean, we probably met together for three hours, uh, all told, throughout the conference. We touched base. We we went to some of the same sessions, and so now yep. when she comes this fall, I mean, I really feel we're going to hit the ground running because I've already had that connection with her. I've already had that connection with Rachel. So as we continue uh, through this process, you know, we, we want to do everything we can to set our students up for success, our, our staff up for success, and, and be able to explain everything to our parents and our community members. Because I believe something new in our community, and I, and I imagine every school that, that brings on ID, that is a learning curve for all the stakeholders yeah. to, to understand um, all the positive uh, outcomes and opportunities associated with with IV, and to to make sure people really understand, you know, what what we can do, what we can do, what we what we can make happen with IV. Sure. Sure. Yeah. One of the things that uh, listeners should know is that Rockford, um, your school has taken on kind of the unusual and very, um, shall we say, uh, what's the word for it, Matt? Just I like ambition. Ambitious. There's the word. Thank you. Uh, the ambitious idea of starting three programs simultaneously. So you are actually on track to add MYP diploma program and the career related program at the same time. That's why your consultants cover all three programs. So, and I know, you know, when talking with folks, we've, you know, and and you, we know this is ambitious, but you have taken on um, a lot of mentors along the way, and you have a lot of support from us in Minnesota and obviously from your consultants. So we hope that this goes uh, as planned all the way through, but, you know, it's a journey and and, uh, you'll be doing your best to get all that done in the in the about two years you've given yourself that's is that the right time frame yes that's our goal that is our goal and and i really do want to um acknowledge the unbelievable support system that exists in mnib i mentioned friendly high school we've visited minnetonka high school minneapolis southwest high school south st paul uh we have connected with so many different schools that have different uh demographics, different sizes, and it's been fascinating to see 
uh, how they've implemented their programming, and then to be part of the leadership, uh, and whether it's the roundtables or the quarterly meeting, to understand the philosophy. And, and again, the really what set me up for the global conference was seeing how collaborative and cohesive our Minnesota network finding schools. Right. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So one thing we um, mentioned a little bit in our previous episode one of this series of Becoming an Ivy School was the fact that you are utilizing a grant, which allows you to, you know, upfront, uh, get a lot of training done upfront. So your whole staff or a large proportion of your staff will be trained already, I believe, at the end of this summer. For those listening, a grant is not always the, you know, the way that people do it. Sometimes there's a grant involved. But um, in that, you know, with a grant, you can maybe accelerate things and it gives you the ability to kind of get everything up front started, you know, quickly. But um, a grant isn't necessary. Some people might take two or three or four years to get, you know, through this process. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that. I know folks listening might go, well, how is he going to do that in two years with all of those things going on? But, uh, you know, the grant uh, that you have, maybe you want to talk a little bit about how you're using that that grant to get this done? Certainly. And so I'm, I was uh, at Rockford High School when we were in the, we were in the initial stages of submitting a grant. Uh, we did it in partnership and collaboration with Northwestern uh, Integration Suburban School District, Northwest Suburban. And um, we, that was submitted to the federal government. And we submitted in 2016, we were told were denied. In 2017, we were a finalist, but again, declined. Uh, our grant didn't, didn't get approved. And then a supplemental round in 2018, we finally got approval, got this funding. And it's, it, for our school, to be about $2 million over five years. And it's crucial. It's integral for us to be able to really accelerate our professional development. We are very, very uh, excited that about 80, 85% of our teachers will have been trained or have attended at least one IB training by the end of the summer. And uh, by November, we'll be at 100%. And uh, that really is helping us move together or move ahead together. Um, what was tough, and even last spring, we maybe had a handful of folks that could go to training, so they had at least an introduction to the acronym, mm -hmm. the concepts, the right. ideas of IB. But until you get more and more people trained, um, it's for, for our building, I think we're really going to be able to take those next steps together. Uh, Nona is coming in for our NYP kickoff this fall. We're really, really excited about that. And uh, and then we we move together cohesively, collegially um, this, this school year. We're excited about it. Yeah. That's good. So you mentioned this uh, meeting with None. Um, what is the what are the next kind of steps or the milestones that you're hoping to address in the next uh, several months? Well, we we're working on our action plan, and how, how I've framed it is from July of 2019 until November of 2020, 16 months. And in those 16 months, we want to make sure we have everything either in place or in progress. We've had discussions around it for each of those programs, for MYP, the Middle Years Program, the Diploma Program, and the Career-Related Program. Now, those three interdependent programs, but there is some overlap. So, for example, one of the things we're working on as a building is our mission statement. And when we do our mission statement, that will 
suffice for all three programs, right? We have to do that for all three. But there are some things we need to do that are unique to a particular program. So, for example, the career-related program has something called personal and professional skills and supporting that. The middle years program has the personal project. So we have to, uh, throughout these next 16 months, make sure we have everything either in place or in progress. We have an ID advisory committee. And what we're going to do, I've, I've narrowed it down. There's about 130 items that we need to make sure we have plans for, we have implemented, uh, we've taken steps to address. And that's what we're going to do this year. We're going to break up those 130 or so items each month, mm-hmm. tackle, you know, it'll almost be like mini projects. And uh, we've got a very, very uh, invested staff, very intelligent, inquisitive, and, you know, really. They want, to, they want to just surge ahead. And that's a great position to be in. And now that we have some foundation underneath us with that training, we've, uh, I want to mention we've had uh, Carol Nielsen come in at the MYP consultant. Carol Nielsen. Working, yeah. Carol Nielsen, yep, working with yep. Um, our teachers in what we're calling an IV Academy. And yep. we wrote a unit together. We wrote a summative assessment together. We created our unit calendar. And it was so collaborative. Um, and it was just, it, it was wonderful to, to see, to witness, and to participate in. Yeah. Yeah. For those listening, Carol Nielsen's name came up there. She is a retired, just recently retired MYP coordinator at Fridley High School, and she has worked to help other local schools. And I think she's probably spread out a little bit over the area, not just Minnesota, uh, helping schools do this. She's a tremendous local resource for us. And and obviously, she's a great choice for you to have uh, as someone who can help support your school moving forward. Um I was going to say, I think one of the things that's interesting about your plan is it sounded to me like when you described that, I think you said 131 items that, oh, you know, outside my house here, they're building a six story building. And I thought, I bet you the construction manager has a similar list. You know, when you're building this program, um, you have, you know, that kind of uh, number of things to do. And uh, by having an IB, um, what did you call your IB committee, your our IB advisory committee. Yep. Advisory yes, committee, which I, I know from talking to you, that's a group of staff members from your school who are interested in the success of the IB program in the school and are going to form kind of a leadership team um, from which, you know, will come other directives and also be taking in questions and, and other issues that may come up during the next couple of years and beyond, I'm sure. Well, and John, one thing I just want to note is in putting together this action plan, and I just simply uh, brought, I, I collated all the items from each different implementation guide, and just about every statement starts with the school, the school, the school will, the school will have in place. Uh, and, and what I really like about that, and what I'm really going to allay to my staff, is that this is a collaborative effort. This is not a one person decision or just an administrative decision. We as a school really have to analyze our assessment methods, our you know grading and communication methods, um, our teaching and learning practices, and it's a great opportunity for us to look at you know what are, what are we doing that's that's really getting the results we want, and where are some areas that we can grow. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that um, you've got to do, because it's uh, MYP is a practice before you're authorized operation. And uh, so what are, what, what are you doing in terms of getting started with some of the MYP implementation, which you uh, 
um, are be, are going to be practicing over the next couple of years? Well, we're very excited. This uh, group of ninth graders. Well, let me go back just one step. We submitted sure. our applications in April for MYP, DP, and CP. And then we found out by mid-May that our applications had been approved, and we are now official candidate schools for MYP, DP, and CP. And just as you mentioned, in MYP, uh, you begin to offer and implement that programming before you're approved. Uh, It's different with DP and CP. You cannot offer those courses or that programming until you are authorized, until until uh, until you've taken that step. So... This fall, this is our first group of ninth graders that will have the opportunity to have a full two years of MYP. We're very excited. We've created um, some scheduling possibilities where we've uh, created a collaborative prep period. So for example, our English or language arts teachers, they will have the same prep period, first period of the day, and that is just uh, a chance for them to create units, to work on assessments, to discuss scope and sequence. Um, it, it's and they'll still have their personal prep. So we we diminished their teaching load by one period and gave them this collaborative prep time, really to help us again create the best possible foundation. And we're doing that for our four core areas right now: math, science, social studies, and English. And we'll look to expand it, but this is kind of our pilot of that uh, possibility. So th- that's going to be a great um, chance for those teachers to just focus in on their unit writing, their assessment, their grading practice. Students will start to take uh, classes that have adjusted slightly. You know, IB is very clear. They don't force a particular curriculum. I mean, you think about it, there's over 5,000 IB schools around the world. There's no way you can create a one-size-fits-all uh, you couldn't even do that in the metro area, um, but much less the world. So what they have are frameworks, and then uh, we as a, a building, we we looked at our scope and sequence. We made some adjustments. So we used to have uh, U.S. government in ninth grade, U.S. history in 10th grade. We've made a slight adjustment where uh, starting this year we'll have ninth grade U.S. history and government will be infused into that class. And then in 10th grade, uh, we'll have world geography and world history. And uh, so we're really excited for students to have that foundation steeped in their U.S. history knowledge, and then they can kind of jump to the world and compare and contrast uh, what they learn about the world and how that's similar to and different from the United States. Sure. Um, we also made some adjustments in our science curriculum, and we did that with an eye on the future of how can we best set up our students for success and create the most possible pathways or opportunities. Sure. So we now are going to do physics first in ninth grade. Um, we're going to move chemistry, uh, not the 1940 school year, but the 2021 school year. Yeah. Chemistry will move to 10th grade, and then biology will be an 11th grade course. Yeah. So as we were talking, the MYP allows you to practice the actual curriculum and um, essentially practice all the teaching and learning uh, precepts there. But what you're describing here is that you are lining yourselves up for success with the diploma program and the career-related program courses because these students will have the right preparation. Not only will they be doing it in an MYP framework, but then once they get to their junior year, if you've been doing, if you're listening and been doing the math, you realize that this year's ninth graders, when they are juniors, will be the first cohort of diploma students. 
So you're, you're setting them up well. And that's, that's what I'm hoping. So we're an asterisk. I'm not yeah. promising anything. We're just, we're hoping we hit every milestone and um, that we move from candidate school to authorized IB world school as soon as possible. And whenever that happens, we want those students to be ready to, to have a successful uh, experience in 11th and 12th grade. Exactly. Let me back up just a second. One of the things that, you know, the reason you and I are doing this podcast is to, or this particular type of this episode is to help listeners who may be considering uh, becoming IB schools to hear just one, one school's journey and how they did it. The thing you were describing before about collaborative time, the fact that this year, two years before you might be authorized, um, you're already a, kind of aligning collab- collaborative time and teacher prep time so that they can work together. And that is a requirement of the program. And it's, I, you know, it's, I applaud you for getting that done now because the teachers, when they have a chance to talk amongst themselves about how this is going to happen, they're more likely to, to, to know what's going to happen. They more likely help direct it and they won't feel like something just dropped on them at the last minute. They're part of this whole process over the next two years. Well, I appreciate that, uh, John, and I think all of us that have been in the classroom as a teacher, I know you have, I know I have, and, and we, we know there are so many things tugging at you, whether it's state um, mandates, state testing, uh, district initiatives, building initiatives. Uh, and then, I mean, I think I read once that a teacher has about the same number of decisions that an air traffic controller has on a daily basis, about 3,000 decisions that they have to make. And so I think what you said is is so critical that we have to respect our teachers. We have to give them that time. They have, when given that time, when given those opportunities, they have great observations and we have a chance to engage in these collaborative conversations and uh, let's be honest, courageous conversations Mm -hmm where um, we, there's going to be some, some give and take and, and, and folks, um, I don't think any of us in education ever get everything we want or every belief uh, that we want to, to become policy. What we certainly can do with this time and, and looking at best practices and most you know, research, um, I think that's, a, that's a, what we've really liked as we learn more and more about IB is that some of these things hey, we're already doing. Mm-hmm. What IB does is really give a cohesive, unified feel. Synergy is a term I use a lot, that we are now unified and we're going to speak a common language. We're going to have, um, whether it's in the science department or the mathematics department, uh, the social studies department, we're going to have common languages, common expectations. Um, that'll just be so helpful because you know how hard it can be for a student if you're going through a seven period day and it's seems like seven different systems, different grading systems, different expectations. Uh, one teacher might accept extra credit, but another one doesn't. One teacher doesn't care if something's turned in late. The other teacher might take 50% off. What we will engage in over these next few years is really getting unified on those fronts and and creating the best possible learning environment for our students and something that that our families can really easily understand and and see where we're coming from. For sure. I think, again, for for the sake of the the listeners, I think it's important to realize that even if you take IB out of the equation, what you just described, the idea that everyone's on the same page or is working within a similar framework, whatever that framework may be, it can't help but be a positive for your school and for the students and families to understand what it is that you're trying to do. 
So kudos to you for that. Well, thank you, John. That's something we've, we've really communicated to families and our, our older students because, you know, we talked a little bit about our ninth grade being the first uh, group or first cohort that'll have uh, a two-year experience with MRT. We have students that are juniors and seniors that aren't going to experience MYP. And there's all this hubbub or all this, you know, kind of uh, literature and and communication around MYP. And what we've really tried to say is, hey, by our teachers going to professional development, they are learning, they are sharing best practices because we are doing some great things at Rockford High School that we can share with other staff and administrators, teachers, administrators, and we can connect and collect things from other staffs and other people from other regions of the country or, or countries of the world. And that's going to help. I don't care if you're a ninth, 10th, 11th, or 12th grader, you're going to have find benefit in that because our teachers have been out there. They have been making great connections, not only with the, the fellow attendees, but also with their presenters. Um, I've heard from a lot of our teachers that they've stayed in touch with their presenters and they really um, appreciate that opportunity to engage. Right. No, that is, that's one of the kind of side benefits to these uh, workshops that you go to is that the, the networking that happens is, is informally on the side. There's all kinds of networking that happens, you know, across the country, across the world. Um, and just as I mentioned here, we're just coming up on the Minnesota IB Summer Conference. And I noticed going through my registrations, which I organize, uh, there's quite a few of your teachers coming to that conference next week. We are we are bringing quite a delegation. I think it's about 15 folks that will be there for at least one, uh, if not both days. Uh, and John, I, I got to give uh, you and the the board a lot of credit. There's a, there's a wide variety of options. There's social emotional learning options. There's IB nuts and bolts. Um, there's assessment focus. There's social justice focus. I mean. Really, there's something for everyone. Right. And I think by looking at the literature and talking to you, there's going to be about 500 folks there, teachers and administrators, and, and that networking just continues. It, right. it's, it, we're really excited. It'll be our first uh, opportunity because we didn't find out uh, we were approved for this grant until uh, last uh, October of 2018. So we're really excited to, to meet and, and learn with and mm-hmm. learn from uh, so many folks from around Minnesota. Yeah, and we're happy to have you. And we have, I think, 34 different sessions if you include the keynotes. So there's a lot of offer, a lot of offerings. And these are done, except for the keynote speakers, uh, they're done locally. Um, and so quite a quite a resource. And then I noticed we have shared folders that um, people will be using. So there are are it's going to continue to be networking following the meetings. And this is one of the first ways that your teachers can connect directly with their peers and other schools in the area. So. I hope that that continues that for you. Um, I was going to mention one of the things I just, I want to make sure folks uh, hear some of the challenges. What are, you know, what are some of the kind of the honest uh, um, struggles or challenges that you feel um, someone should hear about or know about going into this process that you're experiencing? Well, I think, I think always um, communication, engaging with your students, your staff, and your parents. I was given very simple advice from an administrator uh, when I was just doing my internship, and they they simply stated, you cannot over-communicate. So we are trying to uh, communicate with our our stakeholders, our constituents, through print media, through our online, through our webpage, 
Uh, we send a weekly parent bulletin. Uh, we included information about our IB journey to both our middle school students because we we know um, you know those folks in middle school have an eye towards high school. That's their next step. Mm-hmm. And uh, I taught eighth grade for uh, about 11 years. And um, I know those eighth graders are keenly aware of what's coming up with, with high school. They're very excited about it. And their families are as well. Right. Um, so we're, and then we're also looking at how can we be innovative and reach our students. Uh, we have uh, in our district about 1,600 students. We have about 200 students that enroll uh, through Northwest Suburban. And so how do we uh, provide information, reach parents where they're at? Um, and, and it can be formal, it can be informal. We're, we're still looking at, at options. I mean, I'm looking at, uh, at some of these football games or soccer games or volleyball sure. games, having some pop-up IB meetings. and Because yeah. I know there's a lot of parents uh-huh. there and students there. And um, just trying to, to find innovative ways to connect with folks. And uh, we've been trying to uh, harness the power, uh, the positive potential of social media uh, as well. And we've got very, uh, we've got a group of committed parents that they, they have questions. And and you asked about some of the challenges. I think starting with, with IB, we're starting from scratch. Uh, There really isn't a huge, uh, uh, foundation of understanding about IB because we never had it. Uh, we haven't had it in our elementary school or our middle school. And so now here at the high school, people are doing research. They're having conversations. They have questions. And I wish every question would get filtered or uh, would flow back to me, but it doesn't. And so sometimes there's questions that get answered and it's not necessarily, not necessarily the answer I would have given. Um, but we're, we're, we're working on making those uh, connections and, and a big part of it is trust. Right. And so every time I, I get a question, I'm honoring the perspective. Um, and I think folks have been very respectful in this process because look, this is going to impact their most precious possession, their children. And um, you're to say the most important thing in their lives and that's their kids. And um, I understand that I have a 20 year old stepdaughter I have a one-year-old daughter, and I want to do everything in my power to support them in their learning and, and really trying to help them have as many opportunities as possible when they reach the next stage of life. And I know that's what our parents and their families want for their kids. And so we are committed to that. Uh, and as we transition, it's it's really, uh, really trying to separate facts from fiction yep. and also really relating to folks that, hey, we're learning. We are learning. We are out there. We are, we don't have every answer to every question right now, um, but that doesn't mean we're not trying or we or or we don't care. Yeah. We absolutely care, and and we're working just as diligently as possible to to accelerate this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, communication is such an important part of it. And I know as when I was an IB coordinator, I kept trying to figure out how is it that information's getting out when I'm not, you know, that's not what I said or not what we put out, right. but somehow information gets out. And I know as a, mm-hmm. as a, you know, community member and as a coach and a, even a youth coach, um, lots of conversations happen on the soccer sidelines, bunks, parents, or in the bleachers at the game 
um, they'll say, hey, about this while they're waiting for their child to perform or not perform. And so, you know, there's just so many ways. And now with social media and, you know, one of the reasons we started this podcast was to give people a resource to which they could, you know, go, they could click in and go, well, what about that? What about that? And this is our 24th episode. And we have at least a hundred more in the can waiting or not in the can yet, but waiting to be produced. And, and as we do this, we hope that it'll develop into a resource that your parents and others uh, anywhere listening can say, oh, I want to know more about that aspect of IB. Or even a, you know, we've got a number of podcasts that aren't directly IB podcasts. They're about teaching and good teaching and, and learning. And so hopefully parents will say, hey, that's one of the options just to kind of click into that. And there's other good places to learn about these things besides our podcast, obviously, but the IBO.org website, I'm sure the Rockford School website, um, and anyone listening, you know, just to ask, uh, find out from your local school officials or uh, school coordinators, what is it? What's going on? Because we, we're there. We want to give you the right answers and give you the answers to the questions you, you know, you're seeking answers to. Um, so anyway, that's communication. Well, John, I, I, I don't want to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I just did want to also mention we, we had a, um, I would say more of the traditional we had uh, back in March, we had parent meetings. Uh, it was during our registration kickoff mm -hmm. and you happened to be one of our uh, panelists. Yep. And I, I think we had, uh, in, in, if you add up to two sessions, about 125 folks yep. that uh, came out, asked good questions. I'm sure there, there's some of those questions you've heard yeah. before and some are going to be unique to our community. Um, I think we, we just need to keep these conversations going yeah. and, and that uh, we don't want people. Um, I, I guess I look at one of the challenges. None of us have a pause button because life just keeps coming at yeah. us. Right. And we've got our day to day things we have to take care of. We have, uh, you know, the big projects going on, whether it's at the home front or, uh, you know, things at work. Um, and we understand that it takes time to engage. And so we want to be as, uh, efficient and effective in our communication and not overwhelm people. Right. Right. So Matt, I just want to thank you for your time. I think we're going to, um, we'll, we'll, there'll be an episode. We'll keep going with this, like I said, for hopefully around two years, but uh, in our next, next episode, I think we'll, we'll get together after you have your, um, your consultant visit uh, who will be you know, working with your teachers. I'd, I'd be very interested to hear the feedback from your teachers and just kind of how that visit went, because that's a, a kind of a key point in the journey. And I think our listeners will want to know more about how that worked out for you. Well, I, I really appreciate it, John. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. And, and I just, again, want to say with humility, and we're so excited to be a part of this network and to take step-by-step uh, -step on this journey. We have a lot to learn and, and we're eager and we're rolling up our sleeves and getting to work. Great, well, thanks, Matt. Thank you, John, take care. Yep. You can learn much more about becoming an IB school and other aspects of the IB pre-K to 12th grade continuum of education using links in our podcast notes, as well as on the IB website at ibo.org. Please find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts and click subscribe so you don't miss any future programs. Follow us on Twitter at MattersIB. Also, help us spread the word about IB by liking and sharing the IB Matters links in your own feeds and social networks. In very little time, we have already been heard in over 70 countries, a testament to the global reach of the IB. Matters IB.